ClassicMetalShow.com. That is uh, Marilyn Manson from Portrait of American Family with Get Your Gun. I'm stunned. You are. I am stunned that you played Marilyn Manson. Holy shit. I, I, did, I did play uh, Marilyn Manson. Love it. Do you? I, I, dude, I'm a huge Marilyn Manson. Yeah, see, I've never been a fan. I I've, I used to play them at him at uh, V-Rock and stuff, and I just could never get into it. It just never, never resonated with me. The only, the only album that ever really had any chance with even, you know, remotely getting my attention was that Mechanical Animals. Good record. Yeah, that's the only one that I could, you know, say that it was listenable for me. I like the song, This Is The New Shit. That's my jam. <laughs> Are you motherfucking ready? It's a new shit. Give me, give me a little bit of that. Look that up. It's called This Is The New Shit. What is that from? Uh, Lest We Forget, I think. That's the album, Lest We Forget? I think. Okay. I'll just have to take your word for it. Yeah. I'm sure if you look up This Is The New Shit, you won't be fighting with a bunch of other songs for that title. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. I'll search it out here. This is the new shit. This is the new shit. This is the new shit. Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, here it is. Give me a little of that. Give me to, through uh, the chorus. This is yeah. Lest we forget the best of. Yeah. All right, here we go. Don't you? <laughs> this just reminds me of Kid Rock. Ball to the ball, the bang, a bang, a dee dee dee. You know, that's what that reminds love me of. It. But, you... It's a similar, similar formula, though. I love that song too. I know you do, but that's that's what that reminds me of. If I heard this song and I heard that Kid Rock song, it's like, yeah, it's the same song. Sure. Could be. I love it, though. It's angry and fucking violent. Yeah. That's what I like. Are you motherfucking ready for the new shit? Yes, I am. Fuck yeah, let me kill you. <laughs> yeah, this one here. There we go. Is this Red Rider? Could be. Lunatic Fringe. We all know you're out there. <laughs> you're in hiding. <laughs> Oh, the 
Speaking of Kid Rock, why don't you give me some of that brand new Kid Rock where he just hammers on the media and the press and the snowflakes and everything. What's it called? It is called um, Don't Tell Me How to Live. Okay. Brand new. Came out Friday. Okay. You'll like it just because it just fucking hammers on all the fucking leftist idiots. <laughs> all right. Here we go. generation of pussies that's what we have <laughs> i love that he fucking takes a shot at the participation trophies too. yeah i know we thought it was just a joke back then yep. but but now look at what what we have now yeah he's hitting it dead on he is he is love it. that is that is really surprising you know that that kid rock um 
you know, it comes off as, as a, well, he, obviously he has a very conservative message or pro-American mm-hmm. message when, you know, the, the entertainment industry typically is, is some lefty lib bullshit, yeah. people, but, uh, not him. He doesn't give a fuck. Something about Detroit <laughs> between him and Nugent. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Nugent put out a song too. That's the same way in the last week or so. He put out an anthem song too. What was his song called? Ed Nugent's new song. I didn't especially care for it, but it was it was still. Look up um, Ted Nugent. Come, come and take it. Come and take it, huh? Yeah. All right. Ted Nugent. Um, and. Finally, some conservative tunes coming back. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, people are getting tired. Yeah. All right, here's a little nuge. Come and take it. too repetitive for me yeah what well, in case you forgot the name it's come and take it <laughs> yeah, yeah a little little too much repetitive i think he rushed that out in like 30 minutes yeah it's that, not, that's, it's not, that's well not the most creative song at all you know yeah the kid rock song much better yeah i, I agree that's that's pretty good i i like <laughs> he you know regardless of the backlash and the the you know the hate-filled uh um comments that he's gotten over the last couple of years for taking mm-hmm. his, taking a stand hasn't stopped him he don't care he well, doesn't that's... care that's the whole idea he's a he's a good example of why you should never bow yeah because you can it, the minute you bow it's over he's never caved even an ounce and he just keeps right on going yeah it hasn't stopped him he's out there still performing still making music obviously still selling a shit ton of cds too yeah. for music because you know, I I think I read somewhere that he's never even the last couple albums have gone platinum. Mm-hmm. You no know, people buy his shit. You know, you could say you hate him all you want, and you know he's a wigger and all this shit that that everybody throws out there. The guy still sells records. He reaches a lot of people. Yeah, myself included. I'm the I'm a first day dude. I stayed up to fucking hear that song the other because <laughs> I thought it was being released at midnight. So I I made sure that I was awake at midnight to hear that song. Uh, 
you didn't you didn't have to go out and stand in line over at Digital Days or anything like that over at the I Record st- Den. You didn't I stood in line stood up on the sidewalk at the Record Den to get your copy. I I, I stood with my finger on the re- on the refresh button of my Spotify to get that song. <laughs> Bill Lewis wasn't out at the Record Den, uh, you know, hosting a a live remote from no. WNCX. No, not at, record to be. <laughs> not at all. Remember those days? I do remember those days. I'm glad they're over. I ain't gonna lie. I'm glad those days are over. That fucking well, you know, as a kid though, as a young person, mm-hmm. you know, in your teens or early twenties, that was an event. Yeah, it was an event, but most of the time it was a letdown. You know, you would go out, you'd stay out till midnight. I mean, the the doors would open at midnight. Yeah, because now you're in the day that can be released. Yeah, but then if if it was something really popular, that really meant that you wouldn't get in there till about one o'clock to get your copy. Yeah, but but the whole thing, it was like a social event because you got to, you know, hang out with the rest of the headbangers or people of like, you know, uh, like uh, interest and, you know, it was just sort of like a social thing, especially yeah. if it was like a summer night or something, you know, you could go out there and hang out and shoot the shit with sure. other fans and, you know, talk about the new Metallica record and right. what you liked about it. And, you know, it was for young people, yeah, you know, well, for guys yeah. like you and I, maybe not so much now, but it was kind of a big thing, you know, and of course the local radio station was out there. Yeah, we're out here live at the digital days, bro. <laughs> we're waiting for the doors to open, you know. Got a big crowd gathering here to get this new Guns N' Roses record. Yeah. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. How much do you think Nissan paid GNR to use Welcome to the Jungle in their new uh, truck ad? I got to say at least. $132. I I was at, I was out having lunch today at my local haunt over here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, me, I don't watch commercial television, so sure. I rarely see commercials. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see this chick, of course, you know, now it's a chick driving a four wheel drive through the rugged desert, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they're playing uh, welcome to the jungle. And I'm thinking, wow, look at that commercialism. And, uh, you know, GNR music. What what did they pay for that? Yeah, probably a pretty penny. I'm sure they did. Dude, you know what's funny is um a lot of the time the band doesn't even know it. Uh they don't know that their own songs are in shit. Like I, I was in, I interviewed um Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult this week. Okay. And uh, you know, and he's like the guy that wrote like the big hits. He wrote, you know, Burning for You and um reaper and godzilla you know he wrote all the cool songs Mm -hmm. and he was telling me he was telling me he said he said yeah i was watching dexter the other day and here comes um here came burning for you my own song and he was like just fascinated that his own song and i even asked him i said you didn't know you you know you didn't know that your song was in there he's like no they don't tell me that shit he said i just get checks every every week now you know there obviously there's um you know, uh, bands that are more in charge of their catalog and, you know, uh, supposedly, well, at one point I remember that, um, it was such a big outrage that, uh, they, what was it? Uh, Beatles revolution was licensed to Nike or something. Right. Right. And, and that was like a big, I can't believe the Beatles sold out, man. They're using a revolution in the Nike commercial. Dude. Now they're all selling out. Yeah. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, 
uh, I think it was Led Zeppelin. They used Black Dog in a Cadillac, Cadillac commercial. Yeah. yeah, I remember that was a big deal. It was just yeah. like, Ooh. yeah, dude. It, it just it it's changed so dramatically because you know, like I saw this week that um, what's his name? Uh, is his name Todd Todd Percero from Toto? Sold his right. Oh, oh perca- well, we, we're going to cover that story. Okay. Well, he sold it for what? 30 million. 30 million. Yeah. We'll talk about that here in a second. Here, I'm, I'm pulling up this, this, um, what's his name? Alan Bouchard here. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but if, you're, if you're, you know, in your late sixties, seventies, getting to the end of your touring cycle and, and, you know, you, you're a Bob Dylan or even, uh, like Stevie Nicks or, you know, all these people who are, you know, they're, they're getting to the end of their road. It's like, yeah. well, what are you going to do with that music? Yeah. Just cash you know, it in. Yeah. Just cash it in. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to hear Bouchard talking about his kids hearing his music? Yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. Even the kids today know these songs. So it's it's not like now doesn't this guy look like a fucking wild professor from a high school? I I was actually gonna say the exact same thing. He he just he looks like uh, the guy from uh, Back to the Future, <laughs> the professor or whatever his name. Yeah, was. yeah, whatever Doc, his name Doc, is. Whatever. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, and he's got. He definitely looks like he just woke up, but <laughs> he was really nice, though. I will say that, and it was pretty cool to talk to. Uh, it's he. he I can't tell if he's actually outside somewhere. He's outside. He's yeah, outside. yeah, that's what I thought. And what's funny is he started inside. He was he was doing his inter- interview inside, and his internet was shitty. So then he took me on a on a tour of his yard. Oh, nice! With his laptop, he was like he was like showing his showing me, hey, here's a here's the wine cellar that I built, and here's the, <laughs> you know, here's the garage that I built for my for my cars, and you know, I guess he's one of those guys. But but yeah. So here he is. Here we go. Like the, I mean, the legendary songs that that you guys had. You know, obviously, "Don't Fear the Reaper," Godzilla, blah blah. You know, people still know these songs today. You know, "Burning for You." People still relate to those songs today. They're in the games. They're on commercials. They're, you know, it's not. It you are in a very select few collection of bands like. Rolling Stones and Zep and whatever, you know, that that have songs that are going to be, they were known then, they're known now, they're going to be known after you and I both have long since left. And, you know, that might be the, the most important right. gift you as a musician have ever provided the world is you created something that is truly timeless. Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, when I was starting out, uh, I remember somebody saying that, you know, music is like the soundtrack to everybody's life. And, and, uh, you know, that it's, that it is like the background where the events of your life take place. And I thought that was really cool. And I'd love to be able to do that. And of course, when I was very young, when I was like 12 and I had the little rock band with my brother and my cousin, sure, I was always like, I just want to hear my song on the radio, you know? Right. Yeah. Imagine my surprise last week when I watched the, you know, the reboot of uh, Dexter. Right. And the first episode, mm-hmm. Burning for You. Right. That's right. <laughs> Whoa. That is really, I love that show. So, you know, I was very interested to see how it 
how it would go, you know, what, what would happen, you know, now that he's up in, up in the woods, you know, right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to ask you, Albert, and I don't know the answer. Do you have, do you have kids or grandkids? I have two sons. That's it. No grandkids. Okay. When, when that happens, when, when something comes up like the Dexter thing, do you immediately pick up the phone and make a call or a text and say, Hey, did you see, you know, or are you just, you just kind of contain it for yourself? No. Yeah. I mean, I know that, uh, my older son texted me and said that some, you know, he, he happened to turn on a football game, which he doesn't even really watch. And he saw okay. that they played Reaper okay. you know, in the football game. It was a, you know, a NFL game. So sure. Dude. <laughs> I mean, they will tell me if they see something, you know, sure. Hey, Brad, you know, <laughs> You you say that like that happens to all of us, man. It doesn't happen very often, man. It's a good thing, man. Anyway, there you go. Nice. That that would be cool, though, wouldn't it? I, your, I agree. I mean, I agree. You know, it, it's weird. You know, obviously he's so close to it that it's probably not cool to him anymore. But cool to me. It's cool to me to talk to somebody that wrote songs that are absolutely timeless and, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, known worldwide. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows, everybody knows don't fear the Reaper. I mean, that that's like, uh, or Godzilla. Everybody knows those two songs or, you know, and, and I would say burning for you is probably right there. Don't you think? I would think so. Yeah. I, he was cool. Yeah, I was, I definitely enjoyed talking to that guy. I, I wasn't a, I'm not the biggest blue oyster cult fan in the world, but I think I'm more of a fan now after talking to that guy. He was pretty. You got any blue oyster cult? No, I don't have any blue oyster cult. I ate 34 pairs last time around. Where were you? I was that close to working at 7 Eleven, you know. Well, when did those cards win in five? There you go. If he'd have bought those tickets, Alan Bouchard or Albert Bouchard might have had, um, might have still been in the band yeah exactly <laughs> very nice well i played some uh marilyn manson there at the, yeah. at the top of the show and apparently uh marilyn manson has sold his hollywood hills home that allegedly uh, features what has been referred to as a rape room by one of his sexual assault accusers but everybody doesn't have a rape room <laughs> do you it's called my house. <laughs> he sold it for a million eight thirty-five. Okay, million eight. Yeah, million eight. Not bad. Uh, despite the controversy surrounding the house, it was sold for five percent above the asking price after he listed it last month for a million seven fifty. Well, he got a little more. Good for him. He did. Uh, Manson had listed the home on the same day that the Rockers requested dismiss a sexual assault lawsuit filed by Game of Thrones actress. Is it Esme Blanco? I think it's Fme Blanco. <laughs> Fme Blanco, yeah. <laughs> Been thrown out by the judge. All right. Boy, Marilyn Manson not looking so good these days. And yeah, now he's like into Jesus or something now, I too? I had no idea. Yeah, him and Kanye are like praying together or some shit. It's Is like that some, right? Yeah, it's some... Some weirdo bullshit that these fucking guys are into now. Yeah, this guy's only 52 years old. Uh, he made headlines in February when uh, singer Phoebe Brid Bidgers, Bridgers, 
claims she visited Manson's home as a teenager, and he referred to one room in his house as the rape room. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's unclear if this is the home Bridgers visited, which Manson purchased in 2013 when Bridgers would have been 19 years of age. Mm. The sale of the house comes after a damning report from Rolling Stone magazine who spoke to alleged victims of Manson that claimed he had a small soundproof glass enclosure called the bad girl's room in his West Hollywood apartment that he, that he used to lock up women. He was dating. Wow. All right. Go to your, go to your cage. Now I'll come and get you when I want you again. I knew I was missing something in this house. Yeah. It was, it was my quiet room for a chick. <laughs> the victims claim he used the space as a solid solitary confinement cell used to psychologically torture women. Oh, you mean, mean like they do to us constantly about without having a room to go to? Yeah. Like every time we're around them, it's a fucking psychological torture. <laughs> Meanwhile, Manson's home was built in 1923, sitting on a, a, a 0.16 acre lot. Boy, that's hardly a size of a postage stamp. Points in my, my yard's bigger than that. Yeah. With the home spanning 2,711 square feet with three bedrooms and bathrooms, the singer has moved all of his personal belongings out of the house for uh, staging with a Spanish villa originally purchased for $1.1 million. Um, I don't, we don't need to get into the, what this thing looks like. Who cares? Uh, it's like a glass box. Yes. <laughs> uh, Banson quietly married his longtime girlfriend, photographer Lindsay Usich, in the fall of 2020. Uh, the singer has been accused by several women of sexual misconduct, including Evan Rachel Woods and Game of Thrones actress uh, Efmi Blanco. Okay. Bianco, I guess it is. Bianco. Uh, Manson has denied all the allegations, claiming his relationships were entirely consensual. Regardless, he was ultimately dropped from his record label, talent agency, and his longtime manager, Tony Ciula. Okay. Boy, everybody abandoned ship. Yeah, well, they all run the minute there's any kind of, they're, they're right there when the money's flowing, but they run for cover when there's any kind of controversy. Oh, of course. Esme Bianco sued Manson in April, claiming he abused her dating back in 2007. 2007. Mm -hmm. She waited this long. Well, she had to get her. She had to get herself psychologically ready for that. Yeah, it only took her. It only took her 13 years. That automatically should be thrown out of court. I'm sorry, but rape should have a fucking statute of limitation. It really should. It should have some kind of. And it doesn't have to be a short one. It could be like five years. But if you're going 13 years, it wasn't that big of a trauma to you. Yeah. Yeah. It should have a statutory rape limitations. Yeah, I, I, it should. <laughs> I agree. I mean, honestly, how bad could it have been? Yeah. You waited 13 years? 13. You waited more than a decade. Not guilty. Where's Mike? Not guilty. <laughs> uh, um, let's see here. Uh, but, but, she suffered, uh, see, um, claiming he abused her back in 2007 when the lawsuit alleged she suffered due to the deterioration of her mental health caused by Mr. Warner. Mm. She suffered. She suffered. She and I only need money. I need some cash. Well, she sees that it's the me too time when 
when these guys are just trying to settle to save their fucking reputation. So you swoop in and try and get some. I agree. I hope Manson doesn't give up any money. <laughs> I hope he, I hope he's broke. That's what I hope. I hope he spends every last dollar he has with an attorney so that even if this dummy wins a fucking wins a settlement, she doesn't get it. And I don't even care if he did do it. Honestly, even if he's guilty, which I don't know if he is or not. I mean, Hey, if you're dating Marilyn Manson, well, you know, what are you expecting? Roses and fucking boxes of candy every night. <laughs> I mean, not exactly the guy for that. Yeah. So you're, you gotta be expecting something a little goofy. That said, I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm just going to say 13 fucking years. Fuck you. And if you waited that long, fuck you deal with your deal with the fact that you got locked in a fucking glass box. You stupid whore. You should have gone right to the police. If you'd have gone right to the police, he'd have been arrested that day. They'd have gone right to the house and found the fucking glass case. Yeah. The heart shaped box. Yeah. With your fucking, your fucking fingerprints and snail trails all over it. Ellen <laughs> <laughs> Kilcall, you're on the air. I have all of Manson stuff. Do you think at this point his career's over or do you think he can come back from this? And also, do you think he's doing the amount of drugs that he, he was he was doing before? And also, Chris, the last couple of Kid Rock records didn't go gold or platinum. The last gold record he had was 2012. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, Mance's career was over musically long before fucking he was accused of doing rape. The, the last album was last album was okay but the one before it was really bad and stuff like um eat me drink me or whatever that was called that was fucking terrible too you know he, he he's kind of run out of ideas that being said he kills live you know he's 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 a genius live so as far as i'm concerned just go out and do the greatest hits run yeah i remember um in australia he was um handing out like bags of coke to the audience and all kinds of crazy shit so yeah and uh, the, the, he did some shows where he was just throwing up and all this kind of i'm just wondering if it's if it's all over for him or not that could be who knows i'm sure he could still go out there and perform and still draw an audience uh i i think if marilyn manson has any kind of a "Quote unquote career, he'll still be able to tour and still still be able to sell, you know, tickets to an audience. So you know, the thing is, is he his uh, his shtick kind of has a shelf life. Yeah. If he wants to sell tickets, just have yeah. chicks in a glass box on stage. Yeah, that'll move some tickets. Yeah, make sure she's naked, naked. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I wonder if he'll be able to pick up management and everything because I, I think it's pretty shocking that they that they all pulled out from him before he was before it was even proven. Like, it, just, Tim, don't you realize in this day and age, nothing has to be proven anymore. It's just just allegations alone is is enough to ruin somebody's career forever. Just an allegation. Well, that's. That's pathetic. It is pathetic. All right, there goes Tim. Yeah, you just got to, somebody's just got to have a sniff that something is askew and, uh, you know, people run for cover. 
Just like Tim had a sniff that his call was getting ready to get a fucking flame on it. Right. <laughs> so he got out. Sure. <laughs> All right. Since you were talking about uh, Toto. Yeah. Uh, selling, selling the catalog. That would be the uh, Toto drummer. Mm-hmm. That would be Jeff Percaro. Jeff Percaro. Yeah. He uh, sold his catalog for $30 million. Man. Music Publishing Corporation primary way of, has confirmed the purchase of late Toto drummers Jeff Precaro's catalog and a deal Billboard said was worth $30 million. The arrangement includes master royalties on all of the albums uh, Precaro performed on with the band as well as his share of the rights to Toto's signature hit Africa, which Precaro co-wrote. Mm-hmm. One uh, being one of the millions of fans to scream the chorus Africa at the top of their my lungs on several occasions. This is certainly another thrilling moment in primary waves history. Uh, waves chief marketing officer said in an official statement, quite simply, Jeff Picaro belongs on the Mount Rushmore of great American drummers. All right, stop it. <laughs> we are honored to work with Jeff's wife, Susan and their son to ensure that his legacy is recognized by generations to come. Uh, Pacaro established a reputation as a revered session drummer, notching several hundred record credits before dying suddenly in 1992 at the age of 38. As the home of legends, we feel Primary Wave as perfect partner to continue to protect Jeff's musical legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, few ensembles in the history of recorded music have individually or collectively had a larger imprint on pop culture than the members of Toto. Primary Wave said the band remains the benchmark by which many artists base their sound and production. They are one of the few. Stop there. Stop there. What bands? What bands are saying, well, you got to compare us to Toto. I don't know. I don't think anybody's doing that. I'm not saying that they're not extremely talented guys they obviously are Picaro is a great drummer um obviously lucather is like a well, legendary you, you obviously had the uh you know the, the good fortune of of uh interviewing steve lucather who has played on just about everybody's record yeah that was great yeah he's like a one-man wrecking crew you know yes, exactly but to say that bands hold themselves up to toto sound come on I think that's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, They are one of the few 70s bands that have endured changing trends and styles to enjoy a career with uh, multi-generational fan base. In recent years, many veteran artists have decided to sell their publishing rights to third parties, guaranteeing them a cash injection at the time when the industry changes have made it more difficult for them to secure a continued income. Am I the only one that really doesn't like the song Africa? Was like it, uh, what was it? Is it, is it cause you heard it too often or you didn't like it. it from the get go or what? I never liked it. Yeah. I found it to be dull. It's just boring. It's got a boring vocal in it. I bless the rains down in Africa. It's boring. Yeah. I, now give me hold the line. That's a badass Toto song. It is. That's a great Toto song. But that came out like in 78. Something like that, yeah. Like 78, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But Africa? Ugh. Did you like that song? Uh, you know, I remember when Toto 4 came out. Uh, it came out almost at the same time as Chicago 16. 
Okay. And uh, the, the reason they came out together is because uh, the guys in Toto basically uh, performed almost all the songs on Chicago 16 because, <laughs> nice. because Robert Lamb, uh, you know, main, you know, one of the main vocalists and one of the, you know, chief songwriters in Chicago, oh. I guess he was in rehab at that time. Oh, nice. I guess he was in pretty bad shape. Well, we had Robert Lamb on the show years ago. For Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact. We've covered all this shit. We've had Robert Lamb on. We've had, um, what's the guy, the other guy from Chicago? Bill Champlin. Bill Champlin we've had on. Yeah. We had Lukather on. Who's the other guy I interviewed from Toto last year? Um, The singer. Oh. Joe Williams. Yeah. Had him on. Well, we've covered this ground well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, those were two very big albums in the summer of uh, 82. Yeah. Yeah, Rosanna was big, and ah, that's another know. shit. Song. Well, but you know, the, it was a, it was, it was again a very radio friendly album. You know, give, give me a little bit of Rosanna. I hate the vocal. I don't hate the song. I mean, I don't see that the song is that special, but the vocal is boring. It's just all I want to do in the middle of the evening is to compromise or whatever he sings. I don't know. It, it's an it it from day one till now africa and rosanna are immediate push the buttons on my fucking player or radio or whatever i can't well, with, without it. looking what how many plays on spotify do you think rosanna has rosanna yeah 700 million not quite I'm only guessing because I know Africa right. just passed. Yeah, you're, you're about you're about um, halfway home. No, not even about about a third. What four hundred? No, five hundred. No, almost two hundred thousand. Hundred ninety. I mean, one hundred ninety-seven million, rather. Right. And that's number two for them, right behind Africa. No, Africa has only got. Uh, oh, it's got a billion plays. Yeah, it's got a billion with a B. It just went over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow! I I would have thought Rosanna might have, but but then again, who was it? Uh, was it Weezer who covered it? I don't know who did the Africa cover like recently in the last few years. I think it's Weezer. Can you look that up real quick? See if they did that. I think they just like it because it's a George Floyd song. <laughs> who covered Africa? They made it. They they reintroduced it. It was Weezer. Yeah, yeah. Weezer. That's what I thought. Another shit band. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but uh, they they were able to put it back on the charts. Well, good for them. All right. Well, here's some Rosanna. And give me some of this boring vocal. do that the bridge there or yeah. chorus or whatever that's boring as hell 
Well, you know, again, it, it was 1982. It was just uh, mainstream pop radio. And, you know, that's what that's what was going on at the time. Dude, I remember I was my first year of high school. All my friends had that tape. It was a red tape with the symbol. Yeah, on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I remember all my friends had it and and I wouldn't even let them play it in my boom box. Yeah, I remember See? when they came to Blossom that summer. It was a big sellout out there. Fuck that. Yeah. But I, like uh, Tony, but I don't like that song or, you know, or um, Africa. That, yeah, like I said, uh, the guys in, uh, you know, some of the members of Toto recorded Chicago 16, and then uh, the Chicago horn section is playing on this Rosanna song. Okay, that makes sense. Where the, like, right there. Yeah. All right, can we cleanse this palette with hold the line? Yeah, we can do that. Because I don't now. How many plays does that have? Uh, three hundred eighty-seven million. Wow. All right, so that has more than Rosanna. No. Yes, it does. Yes. Wow. Yeah, believe it or not, that's surprising. It is surprising. All right. Here we go. See, this is a great song. <laughs> Obviously, it's more more rock, more guitar uh, driven. Yeah, that's badass. Mm -hmm. It's a good tune. And then you follow that up with fucking Rosanna. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Uh, well, what, what's what's interesting about Toto? Uh, they kind of remind me of the history of the band Thunder. Mm -hmm. Every other year, they're breaking up. I know. I and know. Now, yeah. now they're on the Journey tour this year. Yeah, they're on the Journey tour. It's, uh, it's, who, who else is playing with is it billy idol billy idol journey and toto yeah what a what a package what a weird show <laughs> i mean you know i get the i get the toto and the journey i get that but billy idol well he's got eyes without a face i know but that's like different but okay that's yeah, I, I saw the i saw the um the um, notice about the journey tickets going on sale with, but even Journey, with, with the two drummers and two bass players, and the fuck are they doing? I don't know. I, I'll tell you what, though. You know, one of my favorite guitar solos ever is Billy Idol or Steve Stevens on Eyes Without a Face. That part at the end where, da 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 da. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Steve Stevens, he's a great guitarist. Oh, he's awesome. 
he he made that Vince Neil album pop. Yeah, he did. Uh, exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fucking great. Yeah, he's great. He was great with Billy Idol. But get, find, go to like the middle of Eyes Without a Face. I just want to hear that. You know, I, I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're we're just we're just fucking around tonight. Yeah, it's just nostalgic. We're we're like completely off our normal schedule and everything else. And, eh, fuck it, who cares? Oh, right, here we go. Forward. Eyes about a face. Eyes about a face. Eyes about a face. God know you can grace. Your eyes about a face. bought that album whiplash smile yeah and fucking the guitar playing on that album for that time period was off the charts good for rock for for you know because if you think about what was going on in rock at that time it was john cougar the romantics Mm -hmm. um springsteen um heavy would have been like uh billy squire but even he was that was that was when he was rocking you tonight yeah you know so he had gone off the deep end there and then that album came because that was what 85 that that came out 86 86 and it just i just remember getting it and being like god damn this thing is awesome you know and then billy went and fucked up and got rid of steve stevens (laughs) brought in that country guy that was terrible yeah whatever that i don't even remember what that guy's name was but he sucked Hail and kill, Collie. You're on the air. Hail and kill. It's Matt in Cincinnati. Hey, what's going um, on, Matt? Not much. Billy Idol. I saw him live before COVID for the first time. That guy was awesome, and Steve Stevens was playing with him. Yeah, he's back now. Well, that that formula with Billy and Steve Stevens—that's what sell tickets. Yeah, it's a guitar player and a singer, like you guys always say. Yep, it is. But, um, yeah, he, he was, uh, I don't know his age, probably late 60s, best-shaped old rock guy I've ever seen. Amazing. <laughs> Good. Where where did you see him? Like Bogarts or something? I, no, I saw him at, uh, it was called Horseshoe Casino then. It was an outdoor venue. There was 
it held about 2,500. It, it was, it was full. It was great. It was really, really good. Well, good. But, um, my question is to you guys, no, everybody talks about these bands selling everything, you know, getting the money. What would you say Toto's getting 30 million? Well, the, the drummer, Caro's okay. uh, estate is getting 30 million. Uh, everybody talks about that. Then that's, it's cool. These guys are cashing in, but I don't understand how these companies that are buying this, this stuff for that type of money, how are they going to recoup? Well, because, right. because they're free to use it in movies and commercials and, uh, 30 million? Well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the thing is, is they get one song in a in a movie soundtrack or something. You know that that recoups worldwide. That's that's a lot right. of cash. And then, of course, commercials and that kind of a thing. They don't they don't have to pay a royalty on that. They basically it's just the royalty is paid in the one lump sum to the artist, right? And then they don't have to continue paying every time they use the song. I, I mean, I totally, I totally get it. I just, man, I just think thirty million for a Toto is really steep. Well, but but here's the deal, dude. One Super Bowl commercial with "Hold the Line," right. you know, for fucking whatever salsa, you know, and have some commercial with somebody trying to trying to score the score the touchdown to to you know whatever get the chips or something, and and having right. them play "Hold the Line" or something. That it would cost them three million dollars to license the fucking song, you know, for yeah. for use with the Super Bowl. That's just one commercial. Mix it in and so yeah. every every movie known to man now is is about the eighties. So every eighties, seventies, and eighties song is valuable. Shit like Stranger Things that has fifteen songs in the over the arc of a season. That's fifteen yeah. songs that'll get picked up and licensed. You know, the thing is, dude, and, and I could be dead wrong on this because, as it was just pointed out, I was dead wrong with Eyes Without a Face being on Whiplash Smile. Sorry, I'm stupid. But um, think of it this way. Those songs have to be, if I'm not mistaken, not only licensed for the initial use, but if the show gets sold from platform A to platform B, they've got to get licensed again for right. to be used on so if they move from let's say they get uh rosanna in on um stranger things and three years from now stranger things gets sold to paramount plus well if paramount plus wants to use it then they're gonna have to pay another royalty to use that song they're gonna have to pay it again so over time it will more than make its third 30 million drop in the bucket yeah yeah you you think about you think about the uh record company having use of that catalog forever and uh, you know 10 15 20 years out how many times are at least one of those songs going to be used on something yeah the one i really like recently was the the rat one with the progressive or whatever insurance that was i mean Ico. what do you think he got what do you think he got for that? No, I, I I know the number, and it's it's in the high six figures. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Well, yeah, why doesn't? Right. What? 
would Don sell his catalog? Yeah, he, he's he, he, he already he hasn't sold the catalog, but he sold his publishing not his publishing right is his uh, mechanical royalties. Really? Yep. Well, good for him, man. I think they all should cash in and go for it. I have no problem with it. You know, I need to. I mean, I just can't. A, a gigantic band like a Metallica or Led Zeppelin or whoever the the big the big boys. I wonder what people would step up and pay for that. You know. Well, the, the big. If I'm not mistaken, is the biggest one so far that that this has been a craze has been what Fleetwood Mac. And Not, they got, was it Fleetwood or just Stevie? Or just Stevie? Just Stevie. And she got what a hundred million or something? Yeah, it was some ridiculous number. Some crazy number. Right. Yeah. Well, good for them. You know. I mean, that's, yeah, that's I mean, good. when you get to be 70, 75 years old or whatever, and and you're at the end of your road as far as your touring and you know things, what are you going to do with those songs? Well, and the thing is, too, I think once they're once they're, they pass, and if they don't have things straightened out in their estate, their kids are fighting over it. Right. So why not get the money up front and split it amongst them too, so yeah. they don't fight and kill themselves over their parents' money or whoever's money they're fighting for? Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. Hell and kill, hand job. Thanks. <laughs> there he goes, Matt there from Cincinnati. There he is. All right. Any 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 more gems in your head? No, I think that's good for uh, Billy. I did. Did you like Billy Idol when he was out? Well, I was working at the record store when when uh, Rebel Yell came out mm-hmm. and uh, Vital Idol, and uh, I Vital Idol was what the dance remix album? Yeah, or something? something like that. One very good. You know, so so I I got exposed to mostly Rebel Yell. That that's when the whole craze. Everybody was really into Billy Idol. You know, doing the whole spiked hair thing and wearing the you know the fingerless gloves and you know yeah, doing the whole guy. punk thing. Uh, he's another guy. Boy, did MTV make that guy or what? Absolutely. Because he was nothing before MTV. <laughs> yeah, I mean MTV. You know, uh, when you think about that era, right there. Uh, what well, you know, Billy Idol, uh, Culture Club, you know, Flock of Seagulls, mm-hmm. all that was out at that time. That soft sell, right? You know, although th- this was, you know, in that in that very early MTV era of uh, 82, 83, sure. 84, you know, you started getting exposed to, you know, artists that you would probably never see because, you know, there was nowhere to see them. Yeah. And it's just like, who the fuck is that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, that guy's a weird looking dude, or you know, he's got something going on there. And then a lot of mimicking, and of course, Madonna. She, she, you know, her career got made from MTV with all her, with all her different looks and makeup and get ups and you know, concept videos and shit. Yep. Yeah. So. She, she, she's probably the all. Who, who do you think had had a better career? use of mtv madonna or michael jackson well i i'm gonna i'm gonna you know michael jackson was huge so was madonna but but i i'm not finished but longevity madonna uh i think 
uh, has has probably used MTV to her advantage the most because she was still making music videos. You she know, still is. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so I think you know when she got into doing the whole Vogue thing in the early part of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was still very popular doing that whole thing. Strike a pose. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fuck was that? Stop framing your face. So fuck it. Yeah, especially now. Please don't. <laughs> Please do not. But oh my god, her greatest hits album has sold. Well, guess how many? Guess how many copies her greatest hits album? Greatest has. hits. It's called the Immaculate Collection. Mm. Um, seven million. You are very low. Really? Wow. Very low. Oh, 21 million. Still low. Really? 30 million. 30 million. Really? Wow. That is fucking insane. Yeah. How, how many, how many are the uh, Eagles up to now? Cause they were the top, they were the, you know, forerunners when it came to their greatest hits. I know that sold the billion records. Eagles. Cause they were on the, they were on that, uh, top of the list forever with the Eagles greatest hits. Yeah, greatest hits. It is a damn good record. It's still the best-selling album ever over Michael Jackson. 33 million. Mm. Oh, Madonna's not far behind. No, 38 million. I'm oh, sorry. 38 million. 38 million for the Eagles, 33 million for Thriller, and then Madonna. Madonna's in in there. Hotel Cal God, Eagles. Eagles sold 38 million of fucking their greatest hits, but they also sold 26 million of Hotel California. Well, there you oh, are. Damn. Isn't um Chicago's way up there with those with sales too, aren't they? With like well, what? I know their overall catalog. They're they're like a you know, their their overall catalog. I think they're like up around 250 million. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that's like, dude, I, I, I texted you earlier today. I was watching that Alanis Morissette um, yeah. documentary and um, Jagged Little Pill is the number two selling album of the 90s. I believe that. I was shocked by that. I, I believe that. I, I remember when that came out, it seemed like everybody had that, you know, mostly, mostly the chicks that I knew. It's they, a great they were, album. Buying, they were buying that album and that, uh, the other, the other one that came out that was real popular with the chicks mm-hmm. is that uh, that Natalie, what's her name from Ten Thousand Maniacs with Tiger Lily. Look, yeah. look that up. Not Natalie Imbruglia. No, 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 Natalie Merchant. Merchant. Yeah. yeah. Tiger Lily. Natalie Merchant. Sales. Um, Tiger Lily. Only sold five mere five million, just five million copies of that. Yeah, well, I, but that's you know for for you it's know good. a one off thing. But I remember the chicks dug that too. You know, yeah, uh, that 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 was the whole era of the chicks because that's when Jewel came out too, and that's no when uh, and uh, the girl with the black hair. What's her name? Um, black hair. Yeah, trying to think of her name. I, I I could see her. She had like long straight black hair. I'm trying to remember what her name was. Um, it's not Sarah McLaughlin. No, no. At that time too. 
uh, well, Cheryl Crow was out Cheryl at that Crow. time. Yeah, the, the Meredith Brooks. That's that her. That's her. That's her. Brooks. That's her. Yeah, she had. She was there, but Alanis was the was the queen at that moment. I mean, that that album was massive. It was. I had to. I I still. I I watched that whole documentary today and was just like, huh. I remember this shit, you know, because I I actually got drunk with her at a yeah, club. You, you've told that story, <laughs> which was fun. Just sitting at the bar, getting hammered. You yeah, know. I just I just remember, you know, in the mid to late nineties, was you know, it was just really chick dominated. There was oh, yeah. a lot of lot of solo chicks out at that time. Yeah, Lilith Fair and all that shit, no doubt. You know, you had Gwen Stefani was huge at that time. Yeah, there was a ton of chicks at that point. But um, yeah, dude. If you watch that documentary, you gotta watch that documentary. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow. Holy shit! I'm telling you, at the beginning, I'm I'm not even kidding, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm gonna be mean. And this is this is fatty talking about fatty here. They have Alanis is sitting on a chair, like barefoot with her legs crossed, and I didn't think it was her. I thought it was like whoever they had hired to do commentary for this documentary that was talking. She is fat and, and doesn't look anything like what you remember Alanis Morissette looking like. You know what? Let me, can I pull HBO Max on my computer here? Hey, Alan Kilcall, you're on the air. Uh, I forgot what I was about to say because of Chris's comments. So all I will say is, hey, Alan Kill. Fuck you, pal, and job. Good night. All right. That was it. You you stunned the you you stunned him into silence, Chris. All right. Looking for this Alana. You you're not gonna believe it. Uh Alanis documentary. It's a great documentary, but man, she looks awful. <laughs> and she isn't that old. I mean, what is she in her late forties or early fifties? Something like that, yeah. People, All right, let me see if they show her here. I have not watched this. I'm just going to put it up here blind, hoping that they show her. Oh, jagged. It's, it's it's a short trailer, so. Well, I recognize her there. Yeah, well, there that that's that's when she was hitting. Yeah, that's that's young Alanis. But let's see if they show current Alanis. Say, wow, you're so brave. You're so empowered. I can't write all these songs without obviously there. That's would her. You, would you recognize her? No, I, I haven't seen, you know, the last time I actually saw her yeah. was, uh, in the, the Jay and silent Bob movie. Okay. The dogma movie. Yeah. And, that's, and, the, that's the last time I remember seeing her. So that was boy, well over a decade ago. And Kevin Smith was in this documentary. Well, that's not surprising. I'm looking for, I got to see if there's another, another angle of her. Cause she just looks, see like there, she's hot. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how I remember her. That's classic Alanis. Right. These are all classic Alanis, but we, there's gotta be like current Alanis. I turned the sound off cause I know you don't want to hear that and I don't want to talk over it, <laughs> but, but, um, Hey, there's Chris. Yeah, the there, there you are. <laughs> but when they show her, it's just sitting there. 
she just looks god awful. And what was what was funny is in this documentary, they're interviewing the band, and the band's talking about how all of Alanis's songs are about chick empowerment. Meanwhile, they were going behind the scenes and just fucking as many chicks as they could. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's totally funny. And they're getting some of that. Wait a minute. Let me rewind just a tad. Getting some of that. Uh, some of that. Some of that power, empowered some pussy. Of that, uh, that empowered pussy. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah i I would never know that was her. I didn't know it was her. She was talking and she was sitting there and I was like, I was like, who is this lady? Yeah. And how old, how old, how old is she? I don't know. She's got what be like 40 something, 45, 48. more set is, um, 47. See, I was close. But yeah. Even this picture. Hold on. I'm up. Yeah. She just looks like a regular mom. She looks like a mom chick. And that was a whole nother thing that just annoyed me. She did, <laughs> she did an appearance on, um, on like Kimmel or one of them shows, Fallon, one of them damn shows. And she's, she did it. It was through zoom. Cause it was during the pandemic. Yeah. And she was singing like her new song, whatever her new song is. Okay. And she's holding her fucking kid. Uh. And her fucking kid was mouthing off during the thing. I was like, shut up. Yeah. See, look at her there. Yeah, she's a little thick. Yeah. A lot huh? of moor set. Huh? <laughs> oh, well. Hey, when you start banging out those kids, yeah. that's what happens. I guess when you make that kind of money at the beginning, too, you can, you can afford to eat. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, she's... She's a great documentary, but man, what happened? <laughs> Age is a bitch. It really is, especially for chicks. I hate to say that, yeah, but it, it really does suck for chicks. They just, that's like I was watching another show today on HBO. Pretty decent show, too, if you want to watch a, a good series. It's called Mayor of, of Easton or something like that, East Town or something. But it's Mare, M-A-R-E. Okay. And it has um, Kate Winslet in it. Okay. Kate Winslet looks rough. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think me, I mean, she's playing a, a grizzled detective in some bullshit town in Pennsylvania somewhere. But, man, she looks like she's been through the ringer. I mean, she looks like they should have thrown her off the boat. Instead of fucking that diamond at the end of Titanic, she looked terrible. <laughs> but look at natural law says that, or who is it that just said that, that I must be looking at Alanis with beer goggles on. No, she looked fat. She looks fat. You got to watch this documentary because they do like a side shot from her and you can see the rolls of fat. <laughs> she looks fat. And I'm not saying that she has to be skinny or anything. You know, I, I mean, I don't care. I'm not dating her. I don't give a shit. But, you know, she looked fat. I, I I literally didn't recognize her when this first scene came on. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, who is that? Yeah. You know, I was waiting for the, and it could have just been that I was waiting for the skinny girl to come on there. You know, I didn't realize that she fucking started eating pizza. But, you know, I, I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the skinny girl to come out there and, and talk. 
Instead, it was her. I was like, okay, there you go. I guess she's had a couple kids, whatever. So I'm not downgrade. I'm not saying it's horrible. I don't care if she's fat. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, apparently you do because we're talking. About yeah. <laughs> now it's a jagged big pill. Apparently. Yeah. Jagged little meal. Apparently. So, you know, it just bugged me. It just bugged me that she's, you know, fat now. Right. Oh, well, anyway, moving on from fat Alanis. All right. Well, I say we take a little break. Okay. And uh, I'll let you pick a tune. So what do you think we should play? I am going to go. I have been on a gamma ray kick. Gamma ray. I've been listening to a bunch of gamma ray. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> it's a jagged little diet pill. <laughs> That's funny. So how about um, the song Rebellion in Dreamland? All right. From Land of the Free. Okay, we can do that. I have been just listening to a bunch of Gamma Ray this week. I don't know what put me in that mode, but I never realized how fucking heavy they were. I, yeah, we, we've had them on the show a few times. I don't think I've ever really paid that much. You know, I always just looked at them as a Halloween knockoff. And, right. And I kind of just was like, well, if I'm going to listen to Halloween, I'll listen to Halloween. Yeah, you dismissed them. Yeah, but then I was listening this week. I was like, God damn, these guys fucking rage. So, All right. Well, we'll play a few tunes and we'll come back and do some more stuff. So uh, here it is. It's Gamma Ray exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out the Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. And hand job. <laughs>